0: This is Doctor Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries' podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. To Matthew chapter nineteen and uh, verse number sixteen is going to be the text of emphasis, uh, or rather, the, the beginning of the lesson. Uh, verse sixteen begins. We'll read to verse twenty-two. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 is where we'll begin. Uh, Would you stand to reverence the reading of God's holy word? Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Matthew 19, 16, and it reads, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, because he had great possessions. Verse 21 is the text of emphasis. Jesus said unto him if that will be perfect or if you will be mature go and sell what you have and give it to the poor and you shall have treasures in heaven and then come up and follow me and then come and follow me sell everything you have give it to the poor you'll store up treasures in heaven then come up, then come up, I want to teach teach and preach something today that may sound a little contradictory, something that you probably never hear in church, and uh, you probably never ever want to hear in life, and no coach, no advisor, no counselor would probably tell you this, I'm not sure, Uh, but it's something that I want to give you today, and I want to twist it, and I want to give it to you, so that you can really understand what's going to require for you to come up. Is there anybody in this building that wants to come up this year? No, for real, you want to come up this year? You tired of this level? We've dwelt around this mountain long enough. All right, I'm I'm going to give you today the key to come up. The key to come up, and this is the message title, is give up. Give up. Look at your neighbor and say, today is the day where you wave the white flag and just give up. I want to talk to you about the power of surrender. Give up to come up. Lord, bless this witness. I pray that today you would do something Extraordinary. I pray, God, that today you would speak to us in such a way way that is more than just profound. But, Father, speak to us in a pregnant way. That you would give birth through us to the next dimension of our lives. Ministries, gifts, talents, abilities, purpose would be birthed today by the potency of your word. And we promise to give you praise, glory, and honor. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Amen. You may have your seats in the name of the Lord. Uh, give up to come up. I'll try. Give up to come up. Again, you may never hear this as advice. You may never hear this as counsel. But there are some things that you just need to give up and give up on. I am, I am pretty tenacious in my character I am pretty tenacious in my personality There's not a lot that makes me quit There's not a lot that makes me stop I keep going And sometimes my motivation is my limitations Let me see if I can catch somebody else sometimes I'm motivated by my own inabilities or what I perceive to be an inability I like a good challenge the moment that you can tell or tell me that I can't do something I attempt it only because I'm perceived that I can't and so lately I've been in I've been in the gym y'all I've been doing pretty good lost about 19 pounds come on up and um, doing pretty good. And uh, I've been in the gym, and I've been on the treadmill. And uh, every day I go to the gym, 9 a.m. in the morning, Pastor and I, and we run treadmill or do the elliptical. And uh, we spend the first 30 minutes of gym uh, on the treadmill, whether we doing upper body or lower body. The first 30 minutes is on the treadmill, at least 30 minutes. And so um, I set the timer on the treadmill, and I'm going, I'm going. And uh, I've been doing, we've been going to the gym for the last two weeks. The first week, did 30 minutes, sweating, feel like I'm about to pass out, losing air. And uh, all those good things would happen, hyperventilating. and uh, But that second week, it got a little easier. It got a little easier because my body was now accustomed to this cardiovascular exercise. And so I set the time for 30 minutes. Set time for 30 minutes. I'd start at about a speed of two. I go take it up to three. And then I go up to a speed of about four. And by then I'm running. And so I'm now running on this treadmill and I'm doing pretty good. But now I'm on the treadmill and I'm running at four, uh, four speed. And all of a sudden, I noticed that I reached my 30 limit mark. The treadmill is now slowing down. I said, hold on. I got more in me. Yeah. So I turned it and I says, No, give me another thirty minutes. And so now I'm on there for a little bit longer. I'm on now I thought I could do another thirty minutes. And all of a sudden, 10 minutes into the second set of 30 minutes, so 40 minutes total now, I'm getting winded, okay? And so now, what I have to do is I'm watching the clock on the machine, and it's counting me to 30 minutes, and once I got 10 minutes in, I'm feeling tired now, and so I have to push myself. And so I push myself until I go, and there's another 15 minutes, I'm halfway through it. And then there's another 20 minutes, I gotta go, I gotta go. So I'm sitting there, uh, running there, sweating profusely, trying to commit to the second set of 30 minutes, and I feel like, y'all, I'm about to die. I'm uh, I'm winded. (sighs) I'm breathing heavy. I'm sweating all over the place, and I'm running on this treadmill. It is wearing me absolutely out. The machine is run by electricity. I am run by my own willpower, but I said the machine ain't going to beat me. I'm going to do this second set of 30 minutes. I feel like my legs are rubber at this point, the Mowbray, and I even can't feel my ankles. But I'm going because I'm going to do this second set of 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, I get to 25 minutes into the second set of 30 minutes. Y'all, I only got five minutes to go. It looked like that last five minutes... Uh, God took as long as Christmas to get here because it was where I was going to give up. I was going to give up at three, but when it got down to three minutes, it start counting you down. I said, I got to keep going. I pushed myself and I says, I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going. And I pushed and pushed and pushed, and all of a sudden I've got a minute and a half left. That's the hardest minute and a half I've ever seen in my entire life. Something clicked in my knee. Something popped in my back. Something clicked in my neck. And I says, okay, this machine is trying to kill me. It's now homicide right here in LA Fitness. And I said, you know what? I'll see this machine tomorrow. And at a minute and a half, I stopped on the treadmill. A minute and a half to go. Now, I was looking up there. I was mad. I was upset. I was so ticked off at the machine because it felt like it tried to kill me and all I had was a minute and a half left. I said, I could have done that. But when I got off the machine, I was standing there bending over. Man came over to me, asked me if I needed some help. I said, yes. I need an extra set of legs. Could you bring those over right away? Because I need to now walk. I, I couldn't feel any i couldn't feel toes i couldn't feel anything a, god had given me a new heart a right spirit and uh everything was just going on over the place i don't even know with my heart my heart went to the other side of my chest and said i'm tired of beating over here i'm gonna beat over here because it was exhausted. the machine y'all tried to take me out and i stopped I gave up and a minute and a half left. Now, a lot of people would say, well, that you know, you only had a minute and a half. Why did you keep going? Why did you? well because I felt like I was about to die. You know, I really I couldn't breathe anymore. There was no more wind in my lungs. I couldn't find, I couldn't even buy wind at this point. It was too much. I just couldn't keep going. And while others would say that I gave up, the reality was there is a level of self-preservation that kicked in that said if you want to live, you got to stop. See, you got to live to defeat the machine another day. So, what you got to do is give up now to fight again tomorrow. See, but most folks miss the pro- the power. The power was I did longer than the 30 minutes that I originally started with. Uh-huh. I did an additional 29 minutes and so the reality is I didn't do the full 30 but I did more than I've ever done before and stopping was not a give up as one would suppose that I didn't accomplish a task stopping was I did more than I ever did and I'm preparing to do more again on tomorrow so giving up is not necessarily stopping because you are, are not willing to go any further I must preserve my life to fight again. What is it that you're holding on to that's actually killing you? Because you're trying to prove a point to yourself or to others. Most individuals don't realize that the real power of an individual is not not what they can hold on to, but what they can let go of. Letting go takes more strength than holding on can i talk like i'm talking i'm almost finished i said letting go takes more strength than holding on and there are some things that we presently have that is killing us softly but we will not surrender it or we will not give it up because we have convinced ourselves that we need this in our lives or we have a point to prove to ourselves or to someone else that if i hold on to this i'm much better off if i have it. What is it, or let me say this, who is it that you're holding on to that you need to give up and release and surrender to God? When we look at the text of Revelations chapter number four, verse number one, it says after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me which said, come up hither. Somebody shall come up. Here's the requirement of come up. The requirement of come up is that you must leave where you are. Okay. You've got to release where you are. You've got to give up your present location to come up to the next location. And this is where many of us are challenged in our walk with God. That we do not want to give up. Up what we have because where we have where, where we are and what we have because it is so familiar to us, and familiarity is more watch this more comfortable than that which is unfamiliar. Can somebody shake your head like I'm talking? <laughs> I I will rather hold on to what I have because at least I know what this gives me. I don't know what that's going to bring me so because I know what this is I'll live with this and rather uh, go with that I'd rather oh God feed a demon I live with than fight a demon I don't know <laughs> I'd rather sleep with the familiar demons that I've had for generations now than do war to go to another level and I don't know which demons are on that level. There are so many people in this room right now that's fearful of success fearful of promotion and afraid of what's next look at your neighbor help me prophesy to them and say neighbor there's a next in your life In other words, there's a next phase, there's a next job, there's a next money, there's a next relationship, there's, come on here, there's a next car, there's another another in your life. But we're so afraid to release what we have that we do not afford ourselves opportunities to embrace what is next. We won't surrender it to God. Because it's familiar. Because it's it's better. I'm comfortable with this. I'm complacent with this. Watch this. But I don't like it. Who is it in this room would tell the truth? That I don't like it but at least I know it. I don't like it but at least I'm familiar with it and I'm so afraid to step into unfamiliar territory because it may be embarrassing of what I when I get there what I would have to fight what would be required of me what would I have to do who would I have to meet and I don't want to meet new people I I ain't got time to build new relationships I ain't got time to step out and have more responsibilities so I'll just sit here and live with the demon of familiarity and literally be tortured and tormented by the mundane, the regular and the normal instead of striving for something more and striving for something big because I won't give it up. The level that many of us aspire to is much greater than the level that we're on but we won't give up this level because it's too familiar, okay? And so so with God, it's a little strange. I'm almost finished. With God, it's a little strange because then what he requires us us to do, he requires us to release what we have before we ever get something else. Okay. Um, Somebody give me a $10 bill. $10. you always got money what did I ask for what I'm going to do with it you're going to give it to me what am I going to do with it you're not sure yet what I'm going to do with it can you afford to lose this you can afford to lose $10 God bless you All right, thank you (laughs) amen and so now many of us are so unfamiliar with what's next but we're totally familiar with what we have. Uh, who has a $100 bill? Anybody have a $100 bill? Anybody in the room has a $100 bill? Two fifties are due. Two fifties. Okay. You got, what you got, two fifties? No, who, who said that? You said, are you going to give it back? Okay, are you going to give it back? That's, that's a good question. Because this is how we treat God. Okay, you got two fifties, two fifties, two fifties equals $100. We got $100. You got money. He got a hundred dollars in his pocket. All right, good. Now, what did I ask for? A hundred dollars. What am I going to do with it? You have no idea. Am I going to return it? I'm not. Okay. Okay. So we're so familiar with this level. And I'm not giving it back. The 10 note of 100. I'm not giving it back. The, we're so familiar with our present level that we are unwilling. Uh, 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 we're familiar with this. We're unwilling to give it up because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And so now everybody is looking at what jadida gave up. And everybody's looking at what Jordan lost. But I didn't lose it. I surrendered it. Because greater. And so we then become unwilling to lose what we have because we're not secure that greater is coming we don't believe god like we say we do we say this stuff because it sounds churchy we say this stuff because it sounds like we read our bible we say this stuff because it sounds like we're spiritual but we don't really believe god because if we believe god we will surrender it to him not knowing what he's going to do with it watched but also, not knowing what I'm gonna get in return. And if I really believe them, I'll know that greater is coming, Lord. Thank you. And so then we have so many people that look at what they give up as a loss rather than a sacrifice. Okay. <laughs> and so, and so, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you live a life with the mentality of loss. And you live a life, uh-oh, in mourning. Because everything that has left your life, you classify that you lost it and that you'll never get it back or anything that will replace it that's much better and so many of us live our life in God Shaw, and we tell ourselves that I'm in mourning because that relationship I had that I thought I was going to get married in and I thought was going to be forever but all of a sudden it turned out that God wanted me to give it as an offering and I gave it up as a sacrifice but now I'm single again And some of us, uh uh-oh, would rather, oh God, have a demon that we are familiar with rather than hold on and wait for a promise that he's given us. We rather suffer an Ishmael than wait for an Isaac because we're not sure if Isaac is going to ever get here because we say we trust him, but we really don't trust him. And we're saying, God, but I'm old now. Will Isaac ever... Arrive. And so now you go to a job that. Don't pay you enough that treat you like a junkyard dog, and if you're dead late, they're gonna dock your check, and you know you can't afford to have your check docked, you would go to work with a cold and a stuffy nose and a broke foot because you need that check. But now, if God says surrender the job, you'll ask God how I'm gonna pay my bills, how I'm gonna take care of myself, how am I gonna supply my need? And God's response, I thought you told me that I supply you need I thought you told me that I, you are rich according to my riches and glory so who's your real supplier is it the job or is it me and what we don't know because God doesn't reveal to us he doesn't tell us what's up his sleeve when he's asking us to give up what we got Look at your neighbor and say neighbor Can I tell you the truth I'm afraid to give her what I got Because I don't know what God's got up his sleeve I don't know I don't know what God got in his pocket I don't know What's going to happen in my future So can y'all tell the truth on the Sunday With your head wrapped I'm scared My knees are shaking I'm freaking out here I know God ain't giving us a spirit of fear Let me tell the truth I'm fearful I'm afraid And I'm scared and I'm freaking out because I don't know if I give this up what he has up ahead. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the I'm not sure. It's the fear of I'm not certain. And Not only do I not know if it's greater, I also don't know if I'm able to fit the mold of what's required ahead. I don't know if I'm really qualified. I don't know if I can do all that. I don't know if I can really meet those standards because not only the way I perceive what I have, but also the way I perceive myself. Uh, It's keeping me on this level, but shake your neighbor like you're going to shake him out of that blue chair and say today I'm releasing you from the prison called present and I prophesy you into a future I wish I had three prophets that would help me look at somebody and said today I've got the keys to unlock you from the prison of present and to release you to the future of promise God's got more for you but you got to stop living in the now and look up ahead God help me through here. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do, huh? And so many folks ask me, Dr. Shaw, how do you do what you do the way you do it? I haven't worked a job, Karima. Oh, God, help me through here since 2013. And so I'm trying to figure out, God, if I leave my job with good benefits, I got a wife and three kids. I got a wife and a newborn baby. And so, God, how am I going 2005? I'm sorry. 2005 ain't worked a natural job. And so, God, how am I gonna make it and uh they they i they god told me to leave my job y'all he told me to leave my job and i wouldn't leave it i said no i can't i ain't leaving this job i work for the city pastor more and you know city benefits y'all look at me if you want to is good benefits and I got a new church that's only three years old they can't even give me a salary come on here, forget about health benefits forget about a retirement fund hallelujah, I got money in retirement I got stocks and bonds glory to God, I got benefits I got health and dental, thank you Jesus so if my teeth fall out, I can get me some dentures thank you Jesus, glory to God hallelujah, praise our father and so I'm nervous, I'm scared and and Michael Walton I wouldn't leave the job, i disobeyed disobey God I wouldn't leave the job. I stayed there working, punching that clock, making good money, but I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. I need this right here because a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Y'all, I'm here. At least I got something to make it. I got something to survive on. And all of a sudden, a new HR director came and joined the Department of Health when the new HR director came and joined the Department of Health they did a research on every employee in my department they researched me Lord Jesus when they researched me they discovered that I lived in Long Island and I had a house in Long Island well you can't work for the city at least my department and work in Long Island so now I'm called into HR And he says, sir, what's your address? And uh, I told him my address and he said do you know that you can't with this department live in Long Island and work for the city? You must live in the five boroughs. I said, oh I didn't realize that. He says, so we're going to have to uh, ask you what you want to do. I said, what you mean what I want to do? He says, either you have to move or we're going to force you to resign. (laughs) Oh God help us. I'm sitting in HR I'm going through in my spirit because this is the result of disobedience this is a result of not trusting him and making the move the way he told me to and so now I've got to have an HR director to force me to resign uh, instead of firing me force me to resign instead of obeying God and quit like I should have months prior to Lord Jesus because I was so Afraid to trust him, I was so afraid to let go because I was convinced that the job was supplying my need. I was convinced, oh Jesus, that the job, the Department of Health, was my God y'all looking at me I was worshipping a paycheck by a city when God had a better benefit package than I've ever worked before and last year y'all I can testify last year 2018 I made double in salary preaching the gospel than I ever made in the department of health uh, oh God, help us. I did my taxes. I looked at my income level. I made double than what I ever made. Being I would have never made this much if I would have stayed on that job. Now, it took Bridget Blondet, it took God 13 years for me to get the double from. 2005 to 2018 for me to get double salary but I had to trust him yes sir through the 13 years and say God I need you to do it until I forgot didn't work a regular job because I made living by faith look so easy and I made living by faith look so comfortable that people thought I had a lot of money. The truth is I didn't have a lot of money. I have a God who supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. Look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, I don't have a lot of money. I got a big God. I don't have a big And he supplies. He supplies. Gotta go whatever I surrender. And many of us are stuck because we won't surrender and give it up to him. And that's why you can't come up because you won't give up lord help us jesus grab somebody by the hand and ask them what is it that you need to give up all right all right and so uh, come here precious come here karima and so this is your left hand ain't no ring on this finger you got a ring ain't got no rings all right here take this ring here put it on that finger right there okay it's a little big but hold it see them diamonds on that look all right now now just walk back and forth across the altar walk back over that way she got a ring on her finger and so now i told the precious hearts all my daughters in god i told them i said while you're waiting for your husband you have to keep this finger on reserve don't put nothing on that finger. That finger is reserved for somebody who's going to love you for eternity. I know it's, it's American culture and tradition, but reserve the finger. And so I said, reserve the finger. Don't put. But I want to wear my jewelry and I want to wear my rings. I said, okay. This is what you're doing. What you don't realize, while you're walking around with a bling on your finger, you're gonna have a jackleg joker that don't want nothing but your cookies he don't want nothing but your body and when he see you he don't care about what's on your finger cause he want what's up your skirt Lord look how y'all looking at me because he doesn't care. He's no good from the beginning. And the real gentleman who could be a husband for you and who will respect your covenants, when he see you walk by, he won't even go there because there's already a signet to, to symbolize you're already taken. So while you're trying to be in liberty and reserve the finger, or rather use the finger, you've missed something that could have been your blessing, God. And because you won't give up your own identity, you cannot get a king in your life. And what some folks have done is that they miss what's next, holding on to what's now. Uh, and what's now is not even what's promised what's now is a substitution what's now is the animal before the promise what's now is just trying to show you what you don't want God help me through here and so if you are wanting or desiring something that is next you have to prepare in your present what is been promised but you got to give up oh lord jesus the things of now shake somebody like you're gonna shake it like the blue chair and say you gotta give up now you gotta give up now you gotta give up now uh, oh god oh god i gotta go but watch this and so most folks tell me dr Shaw, how you do this i tell them because i'm not a citizen of today i'm a citizen of the future i don't live here I have to come through here to get to where I see. <laughs> oh God, I, I'm trying to help y'all understand me. Why do you push the way you do? Why you're so tenacious? Because y'all in 2019, I'm already in 2025. I don't live here. I don't, uh, here was prepared three years ago. <laughs> I've already been here. I'm just trying to wait for y'all to catch up. I'm now in another future and so that's why I'm able to be prophetic because I don't live in the present I live in the future my mind is in the future my heart is in the future my spirit is in the future well come on just just live in the moment I've already lived in this moment I saw this moment three years ago you're behind time I don't have much of what y'all call deja vu I don't have that a lot because my spirit ain't catching up with me hallelujah I ain't catching up with my spirit my spirit trying to catch up with me I'm already there touch somebody say I'm already there already see myself debt free I already see myself owning and buying my first house I already see myself better than where I am right now but in order to get there I had to release the now that was in my life that was comfortable Caused me to be complacent. And here in the text is exactly, gotta go, exactly what happened with this young man when he came to Jesus. When he came to Jesus, he saw Jesus talking and saw Jesus teaching. And he said, good master, what can I do to have eternal life? Jesus respond to him and says uh, oh, why are you calling me good there's nobody good but God uh, he says but all you have to do to have eternal life is to keep the commandments do what you're supposed to do Jesus said you got you know you can't do murder can't go kill nobody uh, you can't commit adultery can't go sleep with nobody uh, you shouldn't steal don't steal from nobody uh, you shall not bear false witness stop talking about other bodies he said honor your father and your mother honor the body you came out of and you shall love your neighbor as yourself love somebody and so jesus said, this is how you're going to have eternal life look at your neighbor says i do all that i do all that Oh, some of y'all just lied in church, but it's okay. We're going to work the message. Okay. Murder, adultery, uh, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your mother and your father, Uh love your neighbor as yourself. And the man stuck his chest out and says, you mean to tell me that's all I got to do? I'm doing that. I'm good. And many of us are struggling because we don't understand how it looks like I'm doing all the right things, but I'm stuck why god am i stuck and i'm doing everything you said i'm doing everything you required but i'm not in that other place i haven't come up yet but i'm doing everything he says and the bible says and luke tells the story a little bit better but the bible says that jesus looked on him and the bible says uh, in luke that jesus beheld him which means he made an assessment of him he looked adam and all of a sudden jesus started prophesying and he noticed that those commandments were easy for the man to follow but there was another prideful spirit in the man that he would not admit to that the commandments would not highlight (laughs) he says okay you're doing all the right things which means you're legalistic You're keeping all the commandments, which means you're traditional. But Jesus said, now let me get at your heart. Let me get at the root of the matter. And that's where many of us are. On the outside, we're doing everything right. But there's a heart issue. Oh, can I talk? There's something deeper going on that we never want to highlight. And what the Lord said to him was, he says, okay, good. You did all those commandments? Wonderful. He says, but if you're going to be perfect, Which means if you're going to be mature, if you're going to go to the next level, I need you to go and sell everything you have go and give up all you have and give the proceeds to the poor oh jesus now before y'all take that message right there and run with it with false theology and assume that rich people supposed to give up everything they have and go sell it jesus was trying this man because of the condition of his heart his heart was in his possessions. His heart was not in meeting the commandments. His heart is in what he had. And some of you, your heart is in what you have. You won't admit that. But the truth is, you love what you have rather than who gave it to you. Because if ever was required for you to give up what you have, you would struggle to give it up... Because you really don't worship the God that gave it to you. You worship what he gave you. <laughs> but how many folks in this room don't just worship the gift, but you worship the gift giver? Hallelujah. And the man says, uh, the Jesus said to the man, he says, Take everything you have, sell it, and give it to the poor. And you shall have treasures in heaven. In other words, don't worry about the treasure here on earth. You're going to store a treasure in heaven. He says, and then come and follow me. But in order for you to come and follow me, you're going to have to give up what you have. In order to come up, you're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give up all of that stuff you holding on to. Help me preach to your neighbor and grab me by the hand and say, neighbor. The stuff you holding on to is the stuff that God wants you to give up. And tell him, if you can give it up, you can have it all. If you can give it up you can come up but you can't come up until you give up. What is it Dr. Shaw that I need to give up and there are seven things that we need to give up. Write them down and I'm going to fly the kite. One of the first things we need to give up if we're going to come up is we must give up worldliness. Somebody say worldliness you're gonna come up but you're gonna have to give up being carnal you're gonna have to give up being worldly you're gonna have to give up trying to please the world and trying to please the people of the world the bible says no man can serve two masters either he love one and hate the other you're gonna have to give up your worldly appetites and your worldly desires you're gonna have to give up your carnality. You're going to have to give up all of the things that make you pleasurable in the world. Somebody shout worldliness. You got to be more spiritual if you want to come up because here in the Revelations chapter 4, John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You cannot hold on hold on to the world and come up in the spirit. It don't work that way. You can't hold on to worldly mentalities and worldly. Worldly cultures and worldly ideologies and expect to come up in the spirit does anybody want to come up Well you gonna have to give up worldliness number two you gonna have to give up disobedience Uh, disobedience is holding you to your present level it's holding you to where you are it's holding you as a hostage as a prisoner to the present level that you're on when God has so much in store for you when God has so much to supply you with uh, the truth is your disobedience uh, is causing a delay in your deliverance Uh, how many of y'all know that obedience is better than sacrifice in other words it's better to obey God rather than man and every time you disobey God you set yourself back from achieving the things that he has in your future can I tell it to y'all like this that God can never bless you beyond the last act of your obedience in other words if you don't do what he said he can't tell you what to do next the reason why you can't hear from God is because you didn't listen to the last thing God said who am I talking to on Sunday God says you gotta learn to obey me because Because your disobedience is the reason for his silence. I don't know who that's for. I said your disobedience is the reason for his silence. But if you want God to be silent no more, then obey the voice of the Lord. Slap your neighbor and say you better obey God. The, The third thing that you need to release or let go or give up is you need to give up doubt. Mm-hmm. Doubt is again holding you as a hostage. It's holding you as a prisoner because you really don't trust him the way we sing that we trust him. We really don't trust him the way uh, we say we trust him. There's more doubt in us. And doubt is the thing that comes to live inside of you because uh, you have never seen anything amazing ever happen before. So you doubt that it's ever going to happen in your life. See, doubt is something different from fear. Fear is because of past circumstances. You're fearful of future endeavors, but doubt says because it has never happened, I doubt that it will ever happen. And doubt says because I've never seen my bank account above $3,000 or more. I it will ever happen to me. But how many of y'all can see seven or eight zeros behind your bigger couch? Uh, ah, hallelujah. Somebody shout, I believe God. Uh-huh. You're going to have to give up doubting. You're going to have to get up doubt talk and doubt conversation you're going to have to give up doubting language you're going to have to give up a doubting disposition and a doubting attitude stop all that doubting anything can happen for with man it is impossible but for with God nothing is impossible you're going to have to give up worldliness you're going to have to give up disobedience and doubt and you also oh going to have to give up your past you're going to have to give it up you're gonna have to give up your past I pray and prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ the living God who died rolls from the grave and there's an empty grave to prove that he lives. I prophesy in his name that some of your cell phones break. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Didn't know I was going to say that. Because your cell phone is a direct connection to your past. You still got the number. You got the email. You still got the FaceTime message. But what happens is you need to relinquish everything that is connected to the old you. You need to relinquish everything that's connected to the past. You can't move into your future because you are still living in your past you cannot behold the next because yesterday still got you crippled and still got you handicapped can y'all help me shake somebody like you gonna shake them out the chair and say let go of the past Paul said forgetting those things which are behind and press forward to those things which are before you got to remember that there's got to be some things that's getting ready to happen in your life that's new, that's beautiful that's marvelous, that's wonderful but you got to get out of your past you can't move into a new house with old furniture well you can't do it but the new furn- the new house is going to be dirtied up by the old furniture you're going to have to let the old stuff go go y'all preaching look at your neighbors and let the old stuff go let it go let it go let go of your past let go of your past let go of your it ain't a thing you could do about it I know it's easier said than done but some of us gonna have to learn how to stop crying over spilled milk gonna have to stop crying over yesterday's mistakes and errors gonna have to stop crying over what people said about you and what they did to you slap them real hard and they get out the pass oh God help us you're looking through the rear view mirror of your life but I'm here to tell you that your windshield is bigger than your rear view mirror because where you're going is greater than where you came from. We're looking at your and what you lost God said you didn't lose it I took it and I use it as a sacrifice for what is coming next you're so dwelling in the past and not knowing that something greater is up the road that you can't even embrace the prophetic declaration that's over your life you're so concerned about the tears that you cried on yesterday but God is trying to tell you I use those tears to water your harvest for tomorrow shout at your neighbor and tell them, get out the past uh, it happened, it's over, it's done. You slept with them, you smoked with them, you drunk with them, you did it, it's happened. Now be delivered. Here's the wonderful thing I love about God, Pastor Shaw, is that He takes our sins and casts it in the sea of forgetfulness and remembers them no more. I gotta ask y'all a question: if God forgot about your stuff, why are you still got a memory book about it? If God forgot about your stuff, why are you still journaling about it? If God put in the sea and forgot it then why and you say I can't forget it well then you know what you need to do you need to surrender your thoughts and your mind to God and say God help me to forget like you do help me to forget my past like you did help me to forget my errors like you did somebody shout get it up uh oh, here's the next one we got to give up. We got to give up worldliness, got to give up disobedience, got to give up doubt, got to give up past. But he told me to write this one down. He said, To go to what's next, to come up, you're gonna have to give up the right to be right. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Because many of us uh, we fight to be right. We're not trying to be in the right, we're trying to be right. In other words, uh, you're trying to be correct with data and with information. But how many of you know you can have the correct information? You can have the correct data, but still got the wrong spirit. And God says, in this next season, you're gonna have to give up the right to be right. That even though you write, shut your mouth and go in prayer. Even though you write, shut your mouth and into fasting and consecration the Holy Ghost spoke to me he said son you can only move the world when you open up your natural mouth he said but you can move heaven if you open up your spirit and some of you are trying to move the world when he's calling you up to move heaven by fasting and praying Oh God, you're trying to be right. You got to prove that you're right. I know what I'm talking about. And you fussing and fighting and you arguing. Let me help some of y'all. An argument is nothing but a disguise of Satan to keep you as a hostage in the present moment. The longer you argue and debate with people, you have to live in the moment of the debate. But you got to learn to tell folks moving on. I don't have to prove to you I'm right. I don't have to prove to you I know what I'm talking about. I don't. Have, come on here. Y'all stop that. Get off social media. On Facebook trying to prove what you know and you know you googled it. Get out of here. You got to be able to get into a place where says I don't need to respond to your comments. I don't need to respond to your posts because I'm so busy in my future that my present cannot leech my time and cause me to get stuck into a moment. All a good argument and a debate is is being held hostage into a moment and an idea of a moment. But you got to be so free in your spirit that says I'm releasing myself Find this spirit of right to be right oh god help me here's another one number six and I'm almost through come on shaw we got to give up worldliness we got to give up disobedience we got to give up doubt the past we even got to give up the right to be right but this is the lord says we also got to give up offense Oh, God, we got to give up offense. And I got to be honest with y'all. There's some things, there's some things that not much faze me, but there's some things that I've been offended by. But offense is, again, nothing but another prison guard to keep you held hostage in what happened, in what was said. And I've been, I've been, I felt offended, y'all. But I realized when I started feeling offended, in order to maintain this feeling of offense, I had to stay in that moment. I stayed stuck in the moment to, uh, watch this of what happened and when it happened so if what you said to me offended me five years ago I'm not in 2019 I'm still in 2014 in the moment that I was offended in the moment that it happened to me offense don't hold you it, but it, it doesn't just hold you but it holds you in the moment of when it happened and you cannot come up because you still living in the moment of when it happened Lord Jesus but I come to tell y'all like Jesus told Mary and Martha show me when you buried Lazarus show me when it started hurting show me when you got offended Show me what happened to you and when it happened because you cannot move into your future until you get free from the offended moment till you get free from the offended time till you get free from the offender that offended you look at your neighbors ahead neighbor in this next season of your life you cannot be offended any longer I know what they said I know what they spoke but there's something greater that's greater than what they said That's greater than what they did. And you've got to release yourself from the prison of offense so you can live in your come up. And all of this worldliness, disobedience, doubt, past, right to be right offense has all to do with this last one. And this is where I'm through. And I close this message. We've got to give up an old mindset the hardest thing to do is to think different the hardest thing to do is to perceive different the most difficult thing you will ever do in life is to say God I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind and my mind is still in the old place and I'm still living in an old mindset you always know what a person thinks by what they say you always know how they think by what they do but it's all stemmed from the mind and if you operate with an old mindset, you're gonna have an old life. If you operate with an old mindset of the past, that's exactly where you're going to live. But today, you need to give up old mindsets, you need to give up old thinking and adopt new thinking, adopt new habits, adopt uh, uh, reparations for the mind and renewals of the mind so that your mind can stop operating in the past. And so, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, as I prepare to close here today. And leave y'all be. I want to encourage you the way Jesus encouraged this man. I want you to take everything you got. And I want you to sell it and give it away. And I want you to surrender it to God. So that you can able to follow him the way he's been calling you. What are you telling me Dr. Shaw? In other words, I'm telling you today. Today's the day to wave the white flag. Today's the day to surrender it all to God and say, God, I give up holding on to this stuff and I'm ready to walk into my future. I'm waving the white flag. In the uh, times of civil war and the times of war, the white flag was waved whenever the weaker army or the weaker team was able to be defeated and they knew they could not take anymore. They knew they could not fight anymore. So they would take the the white flag and they would begin to wave or if they decided we'd see we're going to lose but we we, we need to re- Negotiate, And we need to talk about the plans of the future. Of how we can surrender to you so that you don't destroy us. In other words, the white flag also means let's negotiate. And so today I want you to tell God, God, I surrender. But God, also I want to renegotiate. I want to renegotiate my heart and my spirit to, to say, God, I haven't trust you the way I should. But God, I'm ready to surrender all this stuff to you. Because today I'm waving the white flag and I go to my but I come to today to spiritually identify to somebody today's the day to wave your white flag if you want to come up you're going to have to give up do me a favor and grab somebody by the hand and say neighbor your next level in God requires that you give up you're gonna have to give up all the stuff you hold it on to and give up everything that you've been trying to t- tell you yourself that you can't live without but tell your neighbor wave the white flag wave the white flag to everything that's holding you as a prisoner and a hostage because God God says, I've got greater for you in your future. Grab somebody by the hand again and say, neighbor, I'm going to leave you alone today. But tell them, where is your white flag? Where is your surrender? Where is the thing that you told God, I'm giving up today so I can have the more and the greater. I'm here to tell somebody you can't see more until you give up what you got. You can't see greater Until you give up what you have Find something y'all A piece of tissue, a paper And start waving And say Lord Here's my white flag I surrender it to you I give it up Over to you Every relationship I'm waving the white flag every idea that I have I'm waving the white flag I need somebody to help me now huh? and say neighbor huh? I don't know what's in my future huh? and I don't know what lies ahead huh? but tell him all I know is huh? I trust him huh? when I cannot trace him huh? tell him I'm giving up today huh? tell your name I've been fighting huh? and I've been crying huh? but I give up today huh? I in warfare fighting against myself but today I wave the white flag how many of y'all are tired of fighting how many of y'all are tired of the war on this level but say neighbor waving the flag because I'm through with this level and everybody that's on this level tell them it's over and it's done. I'm ready to graduate to the next level in God. Find somebody and say, neighbor, I'm waving my flag because it ain't doing me no good. It's not getting me to what I want. It's not getting me to where I go. So there's greater for me. Say, oh, neighbor. I see myself being debt-free, living in a big old house, 13 bedrooms, four fireplace, three-car garage, sitting on three acres. I see myself living debt-free with $30,000 in my operation account, $20 million in my savings account. Y'all ain't saying nothing. $10 million dollars in my checking account. I see the day when my children want for nothing can go whatever school that good money could buy. Tell your neighbor, I see myself living so much better. But say neighbor, I say bye-bye to my past. I say goodbye. To my troubles because all the things that God wanted to do he's done enough I'm gonna to prepare to go to the next level find somebody who look like they read the church and say neighbor say neighbor I'm ready to come up to the next level and receive what God has for me say oh neighbor has endured for a night but joy is coming in the morning I prophesy to myself that greater is coming greater is ahead greater is in front of me I prophesy that greater is about to happen in my life lean on somebody and sin neighbor it's getting ready to happen in say I prophesy that 2019 is my year to live greater, drive greater, wear greater, eat greater, dwell greater, shot the greater relationships, greater deposits, greater victory. Get out your seats, walk down the aisle, tell somebody greater is ahead for me. My family, my children, my business, my ministry, greater, 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 why don't you shout greater, greater, hey. greater is coming, I prophesy, the Bible says, don't wait for nobody, but physician, heal thyself, lean on your neighbor, say neighbor, sorry but I'm not waiting for you to prophesy I'll prophesy to myself and tell myself that greater is coming in spite of my past greater is coming bye bye old relationships bye bye old habits I give it up Tell the job, you can have it. Tell the people, you can have it. Goodbye, goodbye. Somebody, anybody, shout bye-bye. Oh, yes, shout bye-bye. Open the back door. We said goodbye, goodbye, good riddance. Open that door. Let it swing open. Say bye-bye. Open both doors. Say bye bye to sickness and pain. Bye bye to misery and strife. Walk out your seat. Take three steps. Said neighbor, I walk around with my head head down, but the Bible says, Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up. Everlasting dose And the king of glory Shall Come in Who is the king of glory The Lord God Strong and mighty The Lord God Mighty in battle He is the king of glory So therefore I surrender All oh, I surrender Savior, I I, 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 I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, somebody, throw your hands up and say, I, I surrender, I surrender. It's Savior. Somebody shout out. Surrender. Oh, shout out. Shout out. Say yes. Yeah. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.